Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Lord, we give you the highest praise by the power of your Holy Spirit. Yes, Not Lord. us, God, but your spirit through us, Lord. Amen. Purify our hearts, O oh Lord. Heal our hearts. Make and us clean. make us clean in Jesus' name. Open up our eyes. Open up our eyes, Lord. To the, to things, the things unseen. unseen. Give us your vision, Jesus. Show me how to love like you. Yes. Have loved me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. A valuable lesson this week. Never wrestle Gabe and Ephraim in the pool. <laughs> hey, try. <laughs> I tried to pick them both up and it didn't help. My shoulder went pop, crackle, snap. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Are you doing communion? Where is it? It's coming. Oh, there's a communion bearer. Here you go. Joe, if you could uh, put up Mark 14, starting with verse 22. Think. Yep, 22. Father, we just come to you this morning. We come together, your body here, to celebrate you, Jesus. To celebrate your love and your forgiveness. To celebrate your cleansing power, your grace, your mercy. We call upon you this morning, Lord. We call upon you. We call upon the name of Jesus. Lord, and you say, as we call upon the name of Jesus, we will be saved. And we believe that this morning, Lord. And we confess you. We confess you, Lord, one to another. We confess who you are, and we confess that we need you, that we need you in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, in our soul, in our body. And Lord, we just thank you for the communion. We thank you for the Passover supper, the last supper that you celebrated. And we pray, Lord God, as we read your scriptures this morning, that by your Holy Spirit, you will speak to our spirit, that we would be joined together. As we partake of your body, we pray that we would be healed your body broken for our healing. Your blood shed for the forgiveness of sin. Lord, we receive that today as we partake together in this gathering. And we praise you, Lord. Does somebody want to pass out the communion? If you can, let's just stand up while we read the word. You can sit down if you need to, but you could stand up if you'd like. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, 
and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That's good, Joe. So this morning, we're going to take the bread. As Jesus said, take the bread. He took the bread and he broke it. This is what the word says. He took the bread and he broke it. His body. He said, this is my body. Take it. This morning, let's focus on this being the body of Christ. That he said, take it. Let's break it together and partake. Lord, we thank you for the body of Jesus broken for us. We thank you for the whippings and the torturing and all the things that happened to your body so that we could be healed, so that we could be restored. It says in your word that by your stripes, the stripes that you took on your back, the stripes that you took for us, Jesus, the whipping, marks on your back we are healed that is what your word says by your stripes we are healed and not only does it say it but it was a prophetic word and so we pray that prophecy over us today as it was told by Isaiah Lord we proclaim that by your stripes we are healed And right now, let's just take a moment and think of anyone we know who needs healing. Let's take a moment and just pray for them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just pray, heal your body, Lord. Heal your people. Heal your people, Lord Jesus. Lord, may we never eat the body and do it lightly, do it casually, do it religiously, but may we do it with our heart and with faith. Lord, that you will heal our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit. And we pray this morning for those who need healing, Jesus, we pray for your healing power to come upon them in the name of Jesus. Then he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them. 
and they all drink from it. And I just think it's significant this morning. They all, they all drink from it. They gathered together. This is why it's so important for us to gather together. Jesus was showing us and telling us all through his ministry, and even after he went through his death and resurrection, all through the New Testament, we see that they gathered together to combine their faith, to come into the unity, not our unity, not our way, his way, right? Like we sang this morning, the way of Jesus, the Jesus way. And Lord, we take this cup together. Lord, we hold it up to you in honor of you shedding your blood as the new covenant, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Your blood shed for us, the bride. And we take it this morning and we receive a fresh anointing of grace and mercy and forgiveness. As we partake together, let us partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done, for what you've provided. Thank you for the mysteries that you're revealing in these times. Lord, thank you for the body and the blood. Thank you for, Lord, as we partake, you coming into us, in connecting with us, Lord, koinonia. We pray, Lord, for your connection to your spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Heals our bodies. Restoreth our soul. Grandma has So grace, time to take up an offering. Amen. Let us be glad and rejoice in him. Today is a new day, the day that the Lord has made. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this tithe and offering that you are bringing into this house. We pray that we would use it for your glory and for the spreading of the kingdom and the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we would preach the kingdom come here in this place always, that we would be ready, that we would be, uh, that we would be on fire, that we would be set free in Jesus' name, that the enemy would have no hold on us, no hold on our family, our children, our grandchildren on this place, on our finances, on our works of our hands, in our workplace, and that we would prosper, Lord God, in your kingdom and in your will. And I just pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good, amen? All the time. All the time, God is good. All right. This morning I felt like the Lord was uh, leading me in preaching on discernment. Discernment is the ability to perceive, understand, and judge things clearly. 
especially those that are not obvious or straightforward. It's easy when you have a straightforward answer, don't you? Isn't it? To make a decision. But it's not easy sometimes when things are not obvious. The Bible tells us it is to understand or know something through the power of the Holy Spirit. Discernment is a gift from God. Discernment is knowing something through the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God has revealed that to you. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples of who I am? And, the, and the Peter said, you are, you are Jesus, you are the Son of God. And Jesus looked at him and said, that was given to you by my Father in heaven. That was discernment by the Holy Spirit. Do you know, <clears throat> I've heard a lot lately about the sons of Issachar. So I looked it up because it says in the Bible in, your first, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or excuse me, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says that the sons of Issachar knew and discerned, they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. It says, this, let's see that, read that again. Men of Issachar, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. In other words, they, those 200 men led Israel because of discernment. Because they understood the times and they knew what they should do. They understood the times and they knew what they should do. If there is ever a time when we should understand the times and know what to do, that time is today. We are in the end times. It's perfectly clear to all of us. And we should understand those times and not be afraid of those times but we should know what to do in those times. Amen? Amen? It's funny because in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, the whole thing is about King David, who was banished from the presence of King Saul. He, wasn't a, he was anointed king by Samuel, but he wasn't king yet. So David was banished by King Saul, and he was out in hiding, it says. And it says that all these men, warriors, thousands and thousands of men, came to David. Warriors from all the tribes, thousands of warriors, came to David's side. And it's interesting that 200 of Issachar's men came because you know why? 
They discerned the times and they understood what they should do. They knew by revelation of the Holy Spirit that David was anointed king over Israel by God and by the prophet Samuel. And they knew what they should do. They knew whose side to be on, basically. These 200 men that led Israel, they obviously chose wisely because they chose King, they chose David, who would be the king of Israel, who they knew God's hand was upon. Do you know in today's age and times, we have more information and content right at the tips of our fingers than any other time in history, than any other time in this world, we are able to have more information at just a touch of a finger than any other generation before us. This is the time to have great discernment. Because the Bible makes it clear that many will come in Jesus' name, prophesying, giving false prophecies, giving false teachings. This is the time where there is great discernment needed more than any other. We have news channels that we do not know what is truth or what is false. There are people that are spreading propaganda and hate across the nation by feeding people lies, by feeding the populace lives. We are the populace. We have books that mislead people, teachers teaching falsehoods, blogs, podcasts. You name it, we got it. We have preachers preaching a false doctrine. My ref, my, what is it? We read somewhere that there was 50 Christian leaders that band together saying basically that there was another way to get to heaven except through Jesus. So I'm going to tell you that's a false lie. That's a false doctrine. There is only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus. If we ever needed men like Issachar, the sons of Issachar, it is today. Because the truth really matters. Amen? The truth really matters. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want to read the whole chapter to you. My wife didn't know how long my sermon is today, and it might be a long one. I'll try to keep make it short. <laughs> but you know what? When you get down here in the church and you get into praise and worship and you feel all tired and you feel weary and burdened and exhausted from the week before, there's something about coming down here, getting in the spirit of worship, getting in the word, preaching the word of God, that you start feeling rejuvenated. And it's like Grace's shoulders are sore. Mom's got to have a tooth that's got to get pulled. I have a sore shoulder. Julie has a sore hip, 
And I don't know what anybody else has, but I'm going to tell you what. When you partake of the bread and you partake of the body of Christ, there's a miracle in there that brings healing to your body, and things just start to work better. Amen? Because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's in this place. That's in this place when we gather together. Where two or more are gathered, there he will be in the midst of you. Right in the midst of you. Right in front of your face. I pray that God would open our eyes to see that. And our ears to hear. Amen? Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It makes me not want to leave church. I can just sit down here and worship all day long. Worship God. One of these days, we might just do that. But that might affect people's schedules. But what's more important? Your God or your schedule? What's more important? God or your schedule or what you had daily planned? God is first. And should be first in all things that we do. And if we can give him one day out of seven. Or a couple hours out of seven. That's, that's nothing. To God who is the creator of the universe. Amen? Amen. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. We ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecies, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. That's not new news. They're still preaching that message to people out there that are being deceived. Paul is telling the Thessalonians, don't listen to it. Seek discernment. This is where we need discernment. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is being revealed. The man doomed to destruction. I'm telling you, right now, the day of rebellion has taken place. Because it started in COVID in 2019 to 2020, and half of the church is missing. Not just here, but across the globe. I hear other pastors say since COVID, only half of the congregation has come back. Only half. I would consider that a day of rebellion. You can put it in order. So what would be next? The man of lawlessness being revealed. They're talking about the Antichrist all over the place. They're talking about that he's already on this earth. They're just waiting. He's just waiting for the right time to be revealed, to make his appearance known. He's going to come promising and deceiving others. Promising great things. That he'll save the world. He can save you. He cannot save himself. And he has a place reserved for him in the lake of fire. So 
Practice discernment and do not be deceived. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be according with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles. This is why we need discernment. Because Satan will come and perform great signs, miracles, signs and wonders, just like it says in the Bible that we will perform. He will come performing these miracles, and he will come deceiving people. Many will be deceived. And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so they all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. They all will believe a lie. This is why it's so important that we need to pray and ask God for help. That we don't be deceived. This is why we need to ask God for that gift of discernment. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-17. through 17. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. 
Just as James and John opposed Moses, so also these men opposed the truth. Men of depraved minds, who as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far, because as in the case of these, those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, and endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconum, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. See that? They go out, evil men and impostors go out deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, all Scripture, all Scripture, every single letter, every bit of Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? Amen? All Scripture, all Scripture is God's breathe. All Scripture is for you and me so that we can be fully equipped. Fully equipped. Fully equipped for what? For what's coming. Fully equipped to be prepared for the coming of the Antichrist. Fully equipped to be prepared for the deceptions that are going to take place. Jesus told us this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 for 14. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. We've talked about this scripture, I think just this morning, but recently throughout the week. Wide is the road that leads to destruction. Many will be deceived. Many are on that road that don't even know it. They think they're doing good. They think they're doing right. They think they're living well. They think they can go to heaven by their good deeds and their good works. And they think there's another way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. 
They think that they can ask for forgiveness later on in life, but live it up. Sow their oats. That's all fine and dandy until all of a sudden Jesus shows up and you're on the wide road and many are on the wide road. Narrow is the way that leads to life. The narrow road is the way that leads to life. The narrow road leads to life to happiness, to peace, to love. Nobody wants to sacrifice anything or give up what they have. But we have to. We have to sacrifice everything. Everything. Even our families. We have to trust God with them, don't we, as Christians? I can't save you, only Jesus can. Your, my salvation is not going to save you. Julie's salvation is not going to save you. Mom and Ed's salvation is not going to save you. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have to be willing to give up everything you have to follow Christ. We all, all have to be willing to give up everything we have. Every earthly possession it matters nothing to eternity. Every earthly possession matters nothing to eternity. We have to be willing to let everything go. Because if we let everything go, we gain everything. We gain everything. And I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy. You think we build up our own kingdoms here on earth. But it's harder for the rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for the camel to pass through the eye of a needle, is what the Bible says. So all our earthly possession matters nothing. What matters is who we put first in our lives, and that is God. That's all that matters. You put God first in your life, then everything else will fall into place perfectly for you. Perfectly. Everything. And it might not be an easy road. The narrow road isn't an easy road. It's not the road that everybody else is going down. It has twists, it has turns, it has bumps, it has rocks. It has choices. Oh, you can get off it and get back on the wide road to make it easy for a while. But we all have to make a decision which road we're going to go down in our lives. We all have to choose who we're going to follow, ourselves or God, our own fleshly desires or godly desires.
In 1 John 4, 1 through 6, John tells us how we should test these spirits that are deceiving people. How we should test these prophets that are false prophesying. And he says this in 1 John 4, 1 through 6. He says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Because there are demons and there are devils that will dress up like a good spirit. Oh, there's white witches out there. Oh, they're good witches. That's all BS. All right? There is no such thing as a good witch. A witch is a witch. A warlock's a warlock. Period. They got to renounce that, except Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. And then they not only got to talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. Jesus walked the walk for all of us. He gave us an example on how we should live and walk our, our every day. Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head, the Bible says. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many false prophets have prophesied behind pulpits and have given false teachings. And they're still doing it today. It's happening today. They're being deceived. They're deceived and they're deceiving. And some don't know it. This is how you can test and recognize the Spirit of God. All right? That every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that acknowledges, acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which have heard, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. If he's been coming back then in Paul's time, and is in the world in Paul's time, boy, he's in the world now more than ever. It says here, Paul is telling them, you, dear friends, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore they are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. But we are not listening to the world, are we? As Christians, we are listening to God and the Holy Spirit, right? We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to him, listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth. So Paul is teaching us and telling us, this is how you recognize the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth comes from God. This is how you test the spirits. This is how you test people. If they acknowledge and talk about Jesus Christ 
If they say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he went to the cross for our sins, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, went to hell in Hades, took the keys of hell with him, rose the third day, if they profess that, if your teachers profess that, if they preachers preach that, if prophets preach that, then that's the spirit of truth. But if they deny Christ, then the spirit of Antichrist is working in their lives. And what I would tell you is you run from them and you don't look back. You run from them. And don't look back. Because they're deceiving. Run! What we need to do is pray. Amen? Amen. Prayer. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer is mighty. It's one of our weapons in warfare, in battle. Prayer. Worship. The Word. So, Lord, we ask you today, as I close, for a greater portion today of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord God, for discernment. We pray for your help, Holy Spirit, and being able to make proper and right choices, to choose truth. I pray that you would reveal truth to us, that we not one here would be lost or deceived by any false doctrine. We bind up any false teaching, any false doctrine, anything that could try to sway us from our salvation in Jesus Christ, that it would be bound up and cast away from our family, our children, our grandchildren, Lord God, our homes, our properties, that it would have no right and it would have to flee. Because the truth sets us free, and he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? So, Father, I thank you and praise you for this day. We do pray for your Holy Spirit. Boldly, come boldly into our lives, Lord God, and rout out the enemy, Lord, as we welcome you in, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen.